Six surprising traits of millionaires and billionaires. Now, if you look at general success quotes and memes, work hard, grind and hustle, be consistent, get up early, go to the gym. You know, yes, these are, of course, habits and traits that will make you a successful person, but they won't necessarily make you a millionaire or a billionaire. And I see a lot of this general content out there. And, you know, I say this with humility, but I've interviewed now 15 billionaires. I know many more. Um, I'm friends with many people who are worth 100 million, 500 million plus. At the Recurring Income Summit I've got coming up in about 10 days time, I've got a speaker who's worth nearly 600 million, another one who's worth more than a billion, another one who's the CEO for Porsche, Porsche, BMW and Lamborghini, past and present. So I'm around all these people. And I have been researching and studying money for 15 years. And I realise people get it wrong. Now, there are about, let's say, 1,500 billionaires. So, you know, there's a few there's a few low thousands of billionaires and there's a few million millionaires. And there's seven billion people on this planet. So what does that mean? It means that something like 0.001% of the population are millionaires or billionaires and everyone else isn't, which means that 99.999% of the information that you see out there is not relevant if you want to be a millionaire or a billionaire. And people don't get this. And how would you get it unless you've immersed yourself in learning about money and business and being surrounded by millionaires and billionaires? And just to make this really clear, I wasn't born into wealth. I wasn't given a, a silver spoon or handed a massive inheritance. And I wasn't born in Silicon Valley where billionaires are, you know, every 20 meters squared. I had to figure all this out for myself and learn this all for myself 15 years ago. But I managed to get myself out of consumer debt. I was 50 grand in debt in 2005. Got myself out of debt in 2006, made my first 100 grand um, at the end of that year. Became a millionaire before age 31, a decamillionaire by age 35. My, one of my first mentors was worth 200 million, James Kahn. Another one, Andreas Paniotto, is a billionaire. I'm just actually now in, in talks with three billionaires about mentoring me again. So, um, you know, I say this with a lot of experience. Right, let's get into it then. Let's do this. Um, so six surprising unknown secret traits and skills of millionaires and billionaires. Number one is continual problem solving. Number two is managing your emotions. Um, master your life, master your business by mastering your emotions. Number three is contrarian thinking and uncommon sense. Number four is introversion. Number five is time measurement, not time management. And number six is learning the rules of the game, but then breaking them or creating them yourself. So number one, most people, when they get into business, or want to make money. I want a Lamborghini. I want a million pounds. I want to be a millionaire. What they do is they have a fantasy whereby um, they think when they get there, that's the end result. And they can smoke a cigar or put the bikini on and do some selfies and lay on a beach with pina coladas, with sand between the toes. Uh, no responsibility. You know, be your own boss. Do what you want, when you want, where you want. This is a fantasy, a fantasy that millionaires and billionaires know is not reality. So in reality, when you solve a problem or hit a goal, your reward is a bigger problem or, you know, the push for a bigger goal. You know, when people say, oh, when does it end? It doesn't ever end. It never ends. It ends when you die. That's the only end. And so if you create a fantasy and if you're naive that there's a destination and everything will be OK when and life will be easy when and you will be happy when and you can do what you want when, that's when you go into fantasy, not reality mode. 
And so what might happen is you either um, break or give up at the first main problem or challenge or difficulty. Or when you get to some kind of destination, you have this real come down that you realise it's not what you thought it would be because you created a fantasy. And nearly every millionaire and billionaire I know, they're realists, not fantasists, but they are able to create fantasies, which are called goals, and then turn them into reality, which is called, you know, consistency, persistence, hard work, hustle, grind, continual solving problems, managing and mastering your emotions, etc. So when you solve a problem, your reward is a bigger one. It doesn't get easier. You get better and new level, new devil. Remember those three things and you'll become a millionaire, whether it's a year or 10 years or 30 years, who knows, who cares, you'll get there. So remember, your reward for solving a problem is a bigger one. Don't wish it were easier, get better and new level, new devil. When it gets hard, you get harder. Uh, and when, you, when you're grateful for the next problem because you've just solved your previous one and you realise now you are um, having the resilience and the... Um, capacity to earn bigger ones, then you win the game. Instead of going, oh, the problem, oh, I've got another problem, oh, I should have been like retired by now, I should have been rich by now, why more problems, why now, why me, oh, it was supposed to be easy, oh, I was supposed to be a billionaire by now. Instead of having that attitude when you get thrown a new problem, have an attitude of gratitude for the next problem, knowing that you've transcended the previous problem and knowing that um, with the increased responsibility and the increased ability to solve bigger problems is also the increased wealth and reward. Okay, number two, then managing your emotions. You manage your emotions, you master your life. And if I could simplify what managing your emotions is, it is understanding the universal law of balance and that every situation, event, person or challenge in your life has equal upsides and downsides. Nothing is all upside, nothing is all downside. Nothing is all good, nothing is all bad. Nothing is all right, nothing is all wrong. Nothing is all easy, nothing is all hard. You don't just get followers and fans, you get critics and trolls. Um, so the ability to manage your emotions well is to take yourself out of those volatile extremes into a balanced state. And a balanced state is awareness of upsides and downsides simultaneously. Now, you probably had a big problem or event in your life, a relationship, a partnership, a business that broke down, for example. And in the moment, it was really stressful. Why was it stressful? Because you saw more downside than upside. And then two or three or five years later, when the emotions are gone and you're able to look back, you go, mm, do you know what? I've got a lot of lessons from that. That was actually really good for me. I was actually, um, you know, I've learned a lot from that. That's because the emotions have gone. You've transcended the emotions. And you're in a balanced state of wisdom. But most people's wisdom is retrospective, i.e. three or five or ten years ago they get the lesson, but not in the moment. But wisdom is seeing the upside and the downside simultaneously in the moment. Um, so when you manage your emotions and bring yourself down from elation into balance and up from depression into balance, then you're able to make logical decisions. And, you know, some people say, oh, well, Rob, it's not just about logic. It's about intuition and emotion and heart and all that. But actually, when it comes to money and investment and business and growth and marketing and sales and profit and loss and management accounts and KPIs, these are not emotional decisions. These are actually logical decisions. And you make logical decisions when you're emotionally balanced, not when you're emotionally volatile. Now, by the way, and this is definitely a warning to me because I know I'm susceptible to this. Volatile emotions are elation as well as depression. So I get really excited. I do a joint venture. Don't worry about the contracts. Don't worry about the legals. Let's go and take on the world. That becomes a mistake. Or you don't do your research or your analysis or you're too trusting or you're not sceptical enough or you, take, you rush when you're elated. So you're just as susceptible when you're elated as when you're depressed. So your goal is to move yourself from elation and depression 
as much as you can into a balanced emotional state. How do you do that? Well, it's simple, not simple. The simple way you do it is by understanding that there are two sides to every event. There's an upside and a downside or there's an infinite amount of upsides and downsides simultaneously. So if you're elated, you need to see the downside. And if you're depressed, you need to see the upside simultaneously. And then you will naturally regulate your emotions in your brain. And you'll be in balance and you'll make better, logical, long-term, vision-based decisions. And many millionaires and billionaires that I know, they've been able to do that. They wouldn't articulate it like that, but they've been able to do that. Okay, then, number three of six. I hope you're finding this useful, by the way. Uh, And that is contrarian thinking and uncommon sense. If there's just a few low thousands of billionaires and a few low millions of millionaires, there are 6.99 billion zero heirs. (laughs) So you've really got to observe the masses and do the opposite. Um, You have to have uncommon sense, not common sense. You have to have contrarian thinking, not mass thinking. And so 99% of the memes or the quotes or the inspiration you see on social media is from the 99.99% of population at the zero heirs or 100 heirs and not millionaires or billionaires. So you have to somehow filter out the noise and the generic information and find something more specific and contrarian and uncommon. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples of this. Common sense says to learn from your mistakes. Uncommon sense says that's wrong. You should learn from the mistakes of other people. Learn from mentors, learn from advisors, learn from people who've already made the mistakes rather than have to go through them yourself. It's much better leverage, it's cheaper, it's faster, and it's easier to learn from the mistakes of others. So that's the opposite. So what I generally tend to do is look at conventional wisdom and then think, what's the, the exact opposite of that? Oh, you're be- you know, you've got to learn from your mistakes to be successful. Well, actually, successful people make some of the same mistakes over and over and over because that's who they are. And the critical mistakes they learn from other people who've been there and done it. You know, they hire mentors, they get in masterminds. Another common sense thing is if you want something done properly, do it yourself. Contrarian wisdom would suggest if you want something done properly, give it to someone who's really good at it. Um, Bill Gates said, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Um, uh, Sorry, give it to a lazy person. But, uh, you know, in, in my experience in hiring people, the lazy people and the really busy people are actually the best people to give um, tasks to. And everyone else is kind of not quite as um, fast or productive or effective or efficient or leveraged. So observe the masses, do the opposite, because the millionaires and billionaires do the opposite. So I want to thank you for tuning in. We're halfway through. So um, if you're watching on the Facebook Live, please give this a share, because I'm on a mission to help as many people on this planet start and scale their business and get better financial knowledge. Um, And I'm going to be doing that for the next 55 years. You can see already on my Facebook page, it's kind of blowing up and going quite viral. Um, So if you could hit the share button and let people know about the content that I'm sharing. If you, like me, believe that there's terrible financial education in schools and we need to you know get more knowledge and information out there about money money and making money and that it's a good thing and that you don't have to be judged by it and money makes the world go around and you know if money is the root of all evil then money is also the root of all good Um, and if money is a cause of greed it is also a cause of philanthropy Um, i wrote the uk's best-selling book money and i also have the money podcast so please hit the share button if you're watching the facebook live Now, if you're in the clubhouse room, uh, DM me right now the word money on Instagram because I have a special gift for you. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet, but if you're on Instagram, just hit my orange head, go to the bottom of my profile, hit the Instagram link. Make sure you follow me on Instagram first. um, Otherwise, I won't see the message and just DM me the word money because I've got a special gift for you. Do it now because I'm moving on to the second part. So parts four, five and six. We've covered continual problem solving. New level, new devil. Your reward for solving a problem is a bigger one. 
We've covered managing your emotions to master your life, which is regulating into balance the extremes of elation and depression to make logical based decisions. Number three is contrarian thinking and uncommon sense, which is observing the masses and doing the opposite and taking conventional common sense wisdom and completely turning it on its head if you want the results of the 0.001%. So number four surprises a lot of people, and that is introversion. Now, look, you don't have to be an introvert to be a millionaire or a billionaire, and you don't have to be an extrovert to be a millionaire or a billionaire. But if you look at the, t- uh, the Times or the Forbes rich lists, look at the top, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Elon Musk, they are more introverts than they are extroverts. And this surprises a lot of people. But sometimes having a good technical knowledge, sometimes being specific and analytical uh, and being involved in some more introverted business models, which actually uh, serve the planet, you know, whether it's um, geeking out on cryptos and tech and innovation. You know, you can imagine going down Silicon Valley, there's quite a lot of introverts there. Um, And some of the new business models are very technical, like cryptos and NFTs and things like that. So whilst you don't have to be an introvert or an extrovert, many of the world's richest people are introverted, generally speaking. Um, And so to all of you who are not, whoop, whoop, rah, rah, look at me. um, I just wanted to give you the good news, the good news. So you definitely, every one of us has got to tune in and check in to our more introverted side, our more technical and analytical side, to research business models and, you know, to understand how to take something from local to national to global. That's a technical problem to do that. Um, All right, number five then. I hope you're enjoying this so far. And number five is time measurement, not time management. You cannot manage time. Time management is a complete myth. If, if, If any of you listening or watching know how to pause time, know how to create a wormhole in time, know how to go back or forward in time, um, then I will go on your course. You can charge me five grand and I will go on your course. Time cannot be managed, but millionaires and billionaires measure time. You can manage your life, i.e. you manage your energy, you manage your diary, you manage, you avoid time drains, you manage your priorities, you know, you manage your emotions. You can manage your life, but you can't manage time. So actually the whole industry of time management is kind of a bit of a red herring and a myth. But what you can do is measure time. And what do I mean by that? You know your key result areas. You know your income generating tasks. You know your income generating value. You know what you're worth per hour. You outsource anything less than what you're worth per hour. You do anything more than what you're worth per hour. You increase your fees with ease. You put up your prices over and above inflation. You don't do minutiae. You know, you focus on the meaningful more than the menial. You don't get sucked into wasted stuff, other people's emergencies. You've got boundaries. You know how to say no firmly but politely. All of these things are measuring time, i.e. if I do X, it will cost me Y. If I spend the hour, this hour in X, I can't spend it in Y. So what's the best use of my time right now? What is the highest priority action? What is the highest income generating task I can do? Virtually every millionaire and billionaire I've met are ruthless at that, ruthless. And they really know inherently what their time is worth and what they should and shouldn't be doing. Or they have assistants and VAs and EAs and managers and MDs and advisors and mentors who help them with that. You know, no millionaire you know manages their own diary. They don't, because they'd probably make a mess of it. So what they do is they have someone really effective and efficient at managing a diary where they understand the priorities and the posteriorities of, um, you know, the person that they're managing. So that's number five. By the way, if you're also listening in, in Clubhouse, I do daily lives on money-related content on my Facebook page. I'm actually live right now on Facebook. Um, I did the 10 paradoxes of money um, yesterday, I think. I did the 18 habits of millionaires and billionaires, how to create recurring income. I often do 
content on controversial issues around money. And you'll see um, some of my videos have got hundreds of thousands or millions of views and quite a lot of critics, trolls, haters, punks and wankers calling me a rich twat. Rather be a rich twat than a poor twat. <laughs> so number six, surprising, disruptive, contrarian skills and traits of millionaires and billionaires is they learn the rules, but then they break or create them. So if you want to master the rules, you need to learn them first. And you want to model the traits of the greats, own the traits of the greats, study the successful people before you to shortcut your road to success um, and make sure that, um, you know, you're standing on the shoulders of giants and you're figuring out what someone else has already figured out so that what might take you 10 years to do on your own might take you a year with good mentorship and guidance and support. And every successful person I've ever met has a mentor or mentors or, you know, in a mastermind or learn from the greats. And you get to a certain level of mastery five, 10, 20, 30 years, whatever it might be, who knows, then you can break the rules and then you can create the rules. And this is the millionaire to the billionaire journey I've observed. The billionaires are breaking the rules or creating the rules. The millionaires are learning the rules, moving towards breaking and creating the rules. So a good example of this is Steve Jobs. Now, Steve Jobs was pretty famous for saying, look, I don't do customer surveys and research. Um, I know what my customers want more than what my customers think they want. Um, but to really get to that level of mastery where you know what your customers want more than they know what they want, you have to learn the rules of the game, learn their pains, fears, objections, and, you know, figured out a lot of their problems over the years to get this intuition. So six surprising, contrarian, unknown traits of millionaires and billionaires. Number one, continual problem solving. New level, new devil. Um, your reward for solving a problem is a bigger one. Number two, managing your emotions to master your business and your life. Um, understanding that managing your emotions and wisdom is in the balanced view, not in elation or depression, which is volatile and making your decisions logically, not emotionally. Um, and a lot of people say, oh, yeah, but Rob, you've got to go from your heart and be intuitive. And I'm an emotional person. Everyone's an emotional person because emotions are feedback into the environment. So everyone's an emotional person. It's just some people can control them better than other people. And that's to upset some people, you know, oh, well, you know, females are more intuitive and emotional than males. And, you know, they, they, they spout all this stuff. But in reality, everyone is emotional because your emotions are things that drive you to decisions and actions. Um, and uh, were you not given feedback from the environment, you wouldn't either know what's safe or what's a threat. So it's about managing them, balancing them and then making decisions. Number three is contrarian thinking and uncommon sense. Number four is introversion. Number five is time measurement because you can't manage it. And number six is learning and then breaking the rules, baby. If any of this content has been useful to you and some of it surprised you and it's, you, don't, you, you agree with me that it's not just a general claptrap, then hit the share button right now. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. 